I hope you're ready. Ready to meet your loved ones over there. Jesus is the only way that that's possible. And uh, not by any goodness that anyone can come up with, but only by his grace are we saved. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I want us to be thinking about the foundations. The foundation of your faith. Romans chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5 together. I want you to stand with me if you are able and let's reverence the reading of God's holy word. I'd love to hear your Bible pages turn. Let's me know you brought one. If you didn't, that's okay. Find somebody that's got one. Stand beside them. Follow along. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we bow before you this morning, and God, we ask for your divine intervention, and Lord, for your Holy Spirit to take over uh, your word, and Lord, let our ears be open to hear your message. Father, may it be sealed into our hearts today. And God, I pray that uh, as we look in your word, Lord, that our heart would go through the furnace of your word, and Lord, that uh, you, would, you would make gold in our hearts. Father, that you'd remove impurities that would be in our hearts. Lord, that we might be uh, a way that we could glorify you in and throughout our lives. Forgive us of our sins. Lord, lead us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. People are facing things that they have never faced before in the day in which we're living. Things that we thought would never be moved or could never be moved are crumbling down around us. When Hurricane Katrina hit the Gulf Coast, there were beautiful houses and beautiful buildings along the coast uh, of Mississippi uh, that I had seen many times. I actually worked for a man in the church that I went to down there uh, that had a filter business, and we would go in some of those homes and uh, that were on the beach that, uh, that looked like the old plantation homes with the big white pillars in front, and we'd change the air filters in the house, and they would actually have maids come down to the door and lead you in, lead you out. And, but they were just beautiful homes, and, and they are forever gone. And after the storm, driving along the beach, 
on Highway 90, you look and you can't even recognize the places where you are. I'm one of those hillbillies that you don't tell me the names of the street or, or the names of places. I look for the big oak tree or the stump or the falling down shed or I look for the signs. And, and driving along that beach, I just I couldn't, couldn't tell where I was. But there was one thing that I could see that stuck out like a sore thumb, and it was foundation after foundation after foundation after foundation. Those buildings for many years had withstood many hurricanes, but not this one. They might have lost some shingles before. They might have had some windows blown out before. They may have had some water damage before, but they always stood. But that storm took many buildings down to their foundation. And I want you to know, child of God, if you know Christ as your personal Savior, there are going to be storms coming. Not maybe. They are that will reveal the true foundation in your life. You may have had some things shake you up before. You may have had some storms in life that seemed to knock you down. But I want to tell you something, friend. We're facing times that will reveal who he is in our life. And I want you to know that the foundation of Jesus Christ is sure. This is not a doom and gloom message. (laughs) I want you to know that his foundation is rock solid. You don't have to wonder if it's going to crack. You don't have to wonder if it's going to get washed away. The, The foundation is sure. I want you to know that God gives us a firm foundation of faith. We can trust him no matter what the storm of life may be. Now, no one wants to go through the storms of life. We don't wake up on Monday and say, God, send me a good one. We don't. We pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, I'm not volunteering for a storm today. But do you know some of the, the amazing things that man has learned about buildings and about uh, even ships at sea is because of the storms that have come and, and they've revealed to us what does work and what doesn't work. What do we do? The storm comes, it breaks the ship to pieces, and we say, hmm, we got to do better than that. <laughs> The storm comes and it begins to rattle the windows and tear the building down and we say, hmm, we've got to find better material than that. The storm actually teaches us to rethink what we have built before. And in a sense, the storm has actually made us wiser. It's made us learn something. And so... A lot of times we look at life and we say, God, no storms, no storms, no storms. But God says, wait a minute. That's the way I choose to grow you in your faith many times. 
And so, before we blame the devil for all the storms of life, I want you to know (laughs) that God does send some storms our way. You'll remember in the scriptures that when Jesus told the disciples, he says, I want you to get in this boat and I want you to go to the other side. And he went up into a mountain to pray. Well, in the middle of the night, there's a storm comes up on the sea. And I want to tell you something. Jesus didn't have to check the weatherman. He knew that storm was coming. And he sent them into it. You say, whoa, that was kind of mean, wasn't it? No. Taught them something they never forget. That's right. The waves was over their head. They thought they were going to die. And here comes Jesus walking on the water. (laughs) He says, what's over your head is always under my feet. Don't worry about it. I've got it under control. They learned lessons through that storm that they never would have learned on a glassy sea. Our nation could do well to learn some lessons. Amen? She could do well to learn some lessons of where her foundation really is. The foundation that is built anywhere besides Jesus Christ is going to fall apart and fade away. We're finding that out, amen? We are finding out that the God of finance has failed us. We're finding out real quick that we don't know how to solve our own problems. We're finding out real quick, those who are, who are listening to what God is doing, we're finding out real quick that we do need to pray. We do need to seek God's face. We do need to repent of our sinful ways. We're finding out about the foundation and where, where it's at and how it will stand. God is still doing a work in my life. When I accepted him as Lord and Savior, it begun. And he is performing that work in my life all down through the years. He is doing a work in my life. And sometimes, I, I'm listen to me, sometimes I don't like it. But I know it's what's best. Amen, brother? I know it's what's best. I don't have to like it. He didn't ask me if I want to. He didn't ask me if I'm going to like it. He didn't ask me, you know, this is going to hurt. You want me to just pass it up? No. I mean, I got my flu shot this year, and I didn't, the nurse didn't say, no, this is going to hurt when I poke you with this needle. Do you want me to just forget it? <laughs> she just come up and said, you the one want the flu shot? I said, yes, ma'am. She lifted my shirt and thunk. There it went. But you know what? I needed it. I needed it. Did it hurt? Well, it poked me a little bit. But it was medicine. It's what I needed. And church, listen, we need to realize and know that sometimes we're uncomfortable, and so be it. That God may do a work in my life. Praise his name. That God may continue to mold and shape and form and conform me to the image of his son. That's exactly what I need. I need him to take away anything that doesn't look like Jesus. And you know what? You know where that leaves me? (laughs) 
He's he's taken away all of me so that others may see his son. And so Paul writes and he wants to encourage us. He says, therefore. Now, therefore is there because there's a reason. All right? Right above that in the last verse of chapter 4, it says, "Who who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Any questions about who he's talking about? It's talking about Jesus, all right? And because of this, he says, wherefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something, friend. You don't make peace with God. Jesus already did. And he offers salvation to all who will believe. A lot of times we got that turn, well, I need to make peace with God. I need to make peace with God. Friend, I want to tell you something. You don't have what it takes to make peace with God. You were standing on the railroad tracks of destruction and the, the, the freight train of God's judgment was coming upon your sinful life and there on the other tracks beside you was Jesus Christ on the cross of, of Calvary and he switched the tracks when you said, I want you to be my Savior and Lord. And Jesus took the hit of the judgment of Almighty God. He took it upon himself so that you and I could go free. I want to tell you something. That's how much he loves me. That's how much he loves you. Friend, I'm telling you, he arose victorious on the third day, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And so, yes, I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when we look at the scriptures and we hear with our ears and we understand with our heart and mind just what the scripture's telling us, I can't believe that we still sit down and, and, mm -hmm, that's good. Do you not understand the grace wherein you stand? God's riches at Christ's expense offered to you. I'm telling you, if somebody come in and said, we've got millions and millions of dollars and we've canceled all of your debts, you owe no one nothing, and, and, and you'll never have to uh, earn another dollar the rest of your life, and here it all is, uh, you can't spend enough the rest of your life. I'm sure we'd have a slightly different reaction. Amen? I mean, some of us would probably look like something got a hold of us. Huh? Like they called your name on the prices right or something. What could they possibly offer you on the prices right that could outdo what Jesus has already done for you? Amen. The grace wherein you stand. I'm telling you, you ought to praise God every day, every moment of every day for what he has done and what he is doing. He's doing a work in and throughout our life. Philippians 1, 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's still working on me. (laughs) He's still working on me. And you have to put up with that. And he's still working on you. 
Amen? The grace wherein we stand. The grace wherein we stand. I'm telling you, friend, it ought to affirm you in your heart of the foundation. Where do I stand? I stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. All other ground is shifting sand. I don't have to wonder about what's under my feet. I don't have to wonder what God's going to do when horrible things take place in this world and in and around my life and at me. I don't have to wonder, does God have my back? I'm telling you, he's got my front. He's got my side. He's got me inside and he's got me outside side. He's got me underneath. I'm telling you, friend, he's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. And one day soon, he's coming to get me. Now, if y'all's going, that's great. But it's only by the grace of Jesus Christ. I'm going because of Jesus. And there's nobody going without him. Nobody's going without him. I'm telling you, his grace is sufficient. His grace is enough. And the world needs to know about grace. And the greatest picture that they can see of grace is the Lord Jesus Christ high and lifted up. And you and I are the ones that God has chosen to be glorified through the church. Friend, I'm telling you, this ought to be serious business. We ought to take to heart what the word of God says to us as his children. God says, I'm trying to give you a shot in the arm. Quit whining. <laughs> it's good for you. He says, I'm going to send you tribulation. Oh, no. Lord, we don't, we don't want that. We don't want tribulation. How are you going to understand even more the love of God without the pressures Around you. you see, God has designed it. Satan wants to send trouble to, to make you stumble. God's allowing trouble to come to teach you to stand. God wants to see you stand. He, God doesn't want to see you fall. He wants to see you stand on the solid rock. He doesn't want to see you fall to pieces. No one wants to go through the storms. But God is doing a work in and throughout our lives. When God saves you, all is peace and no problems, right? <laughs> there's peace and there's problems. That's right. Well, if I go to church, maybe things will get better for me. <laughs> That's something. Maybe I, if I go to church, God will see me straightening up my act. And, and, and boy, he'll be proud of me. Listen, friend, I, I hope you came for him today. He's the one that we come in here to honor and glorify. I mean, he's the one that we offer up our best to today. Isn't that right? I mean, how many times do we sit and we say, Lord, I can't stay awake. Oh, I stayed up till 3 o'clock this morning doing what I wanted to do, but I just can't seem to stay awake in church. Huh? But I'm giving you my best, Lord. No, we're not. We're giving him the leftovers. He deserves all that we can offer and the best that we can offer. I'm telling you, friend, I don't wear a suit and tie to impress you. 
It's the best thing I got hanging in my closet, okay? It's, it's what I want for him. I, I want to honor him and glorify him. And if I had a pair of uh, britches with holes in it and a shirt that didn't fit right and it was the best I had, friend, that's what I need to give to him. But you see, it's not this that matters. It's this in here. What are you bringing in the way of praise? In the way of honor and glory? Do we, do we sing the songs with our heart or just with our lips? Are you going to tell your, your loved one to this, this Valentine's Day coming up? Are you just going to say, well, I love you, the end. There you go. That says it all. Are you going to say it with your life? Huh? You're going to say it with your life. I'm telling you, it makes a difference, doesn't it? You fellows, you look over and say, hey, buddy, there's my wife. Hey, baby, I love you. She says, yeah, I love you too. <laughs> What's that do for you? Hmm? Wow, that wasn't much, was it? But when you don't even have to say nothing, he says, hey, buddy, there's your wife. That woman loves you. She don't even have to say it. She loves you. Most of the times they say, you don't deserve her. <laughs> she loves you. Amen? Her life shows it. Your life shows it to her. But friend, more importantly, our lives should show it to the world that we love Jesus Christ, that we love him, that we are standing in this grace, that we're on the solid rock, that we're relying on him and not ourselves. You see, God sends storms and troubles sometimes for us to learn you don't have what it takes to stand on your own. You see, in our old Adamic nature, we want to say, huh, I'm somebody, I can do this, I can handle this. Our pride says, don't you even dare ask for help, doesn't it? Kind of like asking for directions again, isn't it? <laughs> don't you dare pull over and ask for directions. Why? You're admitting you're lost. That's right. What do you got to do to be saved, my dear friend? You got to admit you're lost. And only the Holy Spirit of God can reveal that to you. That's right. Once you realize you're lost, friend, praise God, there's the Savior, Jesus Christ. You need to get saved. You need to turn your heart and life over to him and invite him into your heart. Ask him to wash away your sins and be Lord and Savior of your life. And I promise you, he won't turn you down. He will not turn you down. His strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. Why do I need this foundation of faith, Brother Tom? Can I just stand on my own? Well, you can try. But can I tell you something? It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. You think you got what it takes to handle life? It hurts, doesn't it? Life can hurt. In ways that nobody can touch to help. But only God can. You say, well, I've got my own ideas, my own thoughts, my own ways. Really? Where's that going to get you? When you're laying in the hospital bed and nobody's there but you and God. You relying on him or you? I'm telling you, friend, you'd better be relying on him 
while you're feeling good or when you're feeling bad. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't even lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You young people got a date this weekend? You relying on him? Are you acknowledging God and your ways, your date? You got a get-together going on? Are you acknowledging God in that way? Or are you just doing this your own way? Really? I can tell you heartache after heartache after heartache. Oh, but Brother Tom, he's the one for me. He's so cute. Does he know Jesus? Well, I don't know about that. You better find out quick. You better find out quick. Is the Lord in the center of this decision? What does God have to do with this? He has everything to do with it. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And just the opposite of that is true. When you leave him out of every decision, you're not going to find any direction. You'll be faced with the consequences of your choices. Amen? And they sure do hurt. They hurt. Sometimes for a long time. Sometimes all life long. But I want to tell you something. You better put God in the center of all that you are and all that you're doing. Let him direct your paths. This world needs someone to point them to Jesus Christ. And church, listen to me. If we don't straighten up and get God in the center of everything we are and everything we do, they are no way going to be able to see anything pointing to Jesus. We've got to take this serious. We've got to take this serious. Our response to what's going on in the world, they need to see a godly response. How can they see the foundation? Sometimes it's through the storms in our life. He says we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 1 and 2, I'm telling you, it just lifts your heart and it just makes you want to shout, but you can't quit reading there. He says, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. <laughs> We'd like to say, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're going to glory in tribulations also? That's right. Only God can make it happen. Knowing that tribulation worketh, oh, there's the P word, patience. Huh? Oh, Lord, I want strength, and Lord, I want victory, and I want contentment, but Lord, not patience. Because this is what we've told each other for so long. Yeah, don't you pray for patience. Bible says, the trying of your faith worketh patience. So what do we do? Don't pray for patience. You know what? You better be praying for patience. And when the trying of your faith comes, you'll be able to give God the glory, even in tribulation, even in trouble, even under pressure, you'll be able to give him glory with your life. When you let him give it to you. Give it to you. So he says, the patience, the tribulation, it, it works patience. It brings patience. Now, patience is not you trying to thread a needle, all right? It's not you getting frustrated over silliness, okay? Patience is endurance. 
endurance. Those who rely on the power that is not of themselves endure. Those who end up hurt and wounded are because many times they've relied upon their selves. They're falling apart. You might feel strong. You might think you're strong. But his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Paul asked the Lord three times to remove his thorn. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient for thee. What are you saying, Lord? When you rely on me, you'll get your mind off this thorn. And you'll be closer to me. You'll be closer to me. When you rely upon me. Friend, if the church has ever needed to rely upon God in every way, it's right now. You see, the church is under attack. Did you know that? Ever since the cross of Calvary, ever since the resurrection, I'm telling you, Satan has, has unleashed his attack on the church. And he's not quit. And you see, when I, when I accepted the Lord as my Savior, uh, there were enemies that, that all of a sudden popped up all around me. <laughs> Did you realize that? I mean, the Bible tells me about the world, the flesh, and the devil all around me. The world is nothing like Jesus Christ. You hear me? The world is nothing like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ represents everything, and he is everything that the world is not. And so Christ in you brings opposition. Why does the world raise such a fuss when we get out the Lord's word? Huh? Because it's in direct opposition to the thinking and the ways of the world. Don't be talking about drinking, preacher. Don't be talking about sleeping around, preacher. Don't be talking about sinful ways, preacher. Why? I'm telling you, because that's what's prevalent in the world. Don't be talking about marriage and divorce now. I want to tell you something, friend. We're falling apart at the seams because we've got away from the book. We've got away from God's direction and God's plan. Nobody wants to look at the Lord and his ways. I'm telling you, friend, we're in trouble. But the foundation is going to be seen. During the trials and storms of life, the foundation will be revealed. So what is your foundation? What will be revealed to those around you, to those of your children, of your household, in your life? Satan wants us to stumble. God wants us to stand. The world will come against you. The world will try to form you if you let it. Amen? You go to the break table at work. Are they getting out Bibles and having devotion? I'll say the majority of them are not. The majority of them is trying to find the filthiest joke, the funniest thing they can say, uh, or the most horrible picture that they can present and pass it around to everybody at the break table. Amen? Okay. It hasn't changed. I've been in the workforce before, and I've not been in it for several years as far as punching a clock. But when I did, I can tell you the people weren't up front. They weren't wanting to show Jesus to everybody. They were wanting to show sin. Why? So they can condone it. 
They want everybody to have a, a sin party. They want everybody to say, well, I do the same thing and, and we all just feel better about ourselves. But I want to tell you something. The world will try to form you if you let it. But the Bible tells me in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Amen? By the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How are you going to renew your mind? You're just going to pull up your bootstraps and try harder? That's not going to work. Well, you're just going to go to every service that's available? Well, that'll help, but it's not going to work. This is what's going to renew your mind. I didn't say brainwash you. The mind of Christ, you won't find it outside of here. That's why the world doesn't want anything to do with this book. Because it's the mind of Christ. The world, the flesh, and the devil is against you as a child of God. The world will try to conform you into its mold. The Lord wants to do a work in your life so that you're conformed to the image of his son. You also have another enemy, your flesh, that old Adamic nature. Do you have a battle with that this past week? <laughs> Amen, you did. That's right. The Holy Spirit of God living within me says, this is what's right, this is what's holy, let's do this. Adam wakes up and says, oh, come on, man, let's do something I want to do today. Feed this old flesh. Kind of gives the meaning to I die daily, doesn't it? Putting him down every day. Putting him down every day. Because he still wants to get up. He still wants to wreck your life. He still wants you to be conformed to the world and not the image of Jesus Christ. So the flesh, you'll have a war within. There is a war within for the child of God. But listen, it's not a, it's not a war that, that God can't win. In Galatians 5.16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's he saying? Be led by the spirit of God. How am I going to be led by the spirit of God? I've got to get in the word of God. He's my savior and my Lord. He has every right to tell me to go right, left, stop, go, back up, whatever he wishes. I'm to give all of that to him. He goes on to say, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. So who are you going to surrender to? That's the, that's the thing, isn't it? Who are you going to surrender to? Surrender to Jesus, friend. Surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. The world, the flesh, not only them, but the devil will come against you. You see, a lost man doesn't have trouble with the devil. The devil's got him where he wants him. You Christian people, you talk about the devil bugging you all the time and wrestling with the devil. I, I don't have that problem. That's what a lost man would say. And what he don't know is the most slimy fingers of the devil's right behind him and on the shoulders going, yeah. You just tell him because I got you and you don't even know it. I got you and you don't even know it. Like the story of the farmer and the farmhand. You know, the farmer didn't believe. The farmhand was a born-again believer in Christ. 
And the farmer was telling the farmhand the same thing. He said, you know, you talk about your struggles with, with the devil and, and, and fighting him all the time. They was, out giving a, they was out on a duck hunt together. And he says, why is that, Christian? Why is that, you know, the devil's bothering you all the time and he, he don't bother me at all. And he said, well, boss, man, it's like this. He said, two ducks come along and we shoot and one's dead and one's wounded. He says, what one are you going to go after? He said, well, all I got to go after is the wounded one. He said, that's right. Because he said, in the devil's eyes, you're a dead duck always, anyway, already. He don't have to go after you. He's already got you. Now listen, child of God, the devil can't have me. But he's going to do everything he can in my life to try to bring dishonor to my Lord. He'll do everything he can to cause me to be discouraged and to quit and to give up and not go on. Because Christ may use my life to win somebody else. That's why the devil works so hard in trying to discourage you, even from coming to the Lord's house today, even from hearing what the message of the word of God is, the foundation, the firm foundation of our faith. Of our faith. The devil will come against you all the time. He will not quit. He will not give up. But listen, he's already lost the war. His back was broke at Calvary 2,000 years ago, friend. I want you to know that. Child of God, you do have victory in Jesus. We fight from victory, not for victory. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So when temptation comes your way this week, tomorrow, this afternoon, let the Holy Spirit of God remind you whose you are. And that you have access. <laughs> you have access to all the riches of God through Jesus Christ. Patience. People want instant maturity. How's that working for you? Instant maturity? Hmm. Cramming for the exam? How much of that do you take with you in life? I made A on that test. I stayed up all night long. I aced every question. Three months later, what was that test about? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I have no idea. Why? Because I was just trying to get through. I really wasn't wanting it to stay in. I want to tell you something, friend. Instant maturity doesn't happen. Now, I was born again instantly. But God's doing a work in my life. He is maturing me. In the faith, he's growing me through trials and tribulations and pressures. God says, I can make something good come out of this if you'll trust me. If you'll trust me. And when I trust him, he does. And when I don't, he says, well, I'll save that one for another day. We'll back up and I'll do it again. You see, we'd like to just say, well, God, I failed that test. Don't ever give it to me again. He says, oh, no, I love you too much. He says, there's a nugget of gold in this lesson that I know that you're just going to rejoice in when you get to it. And I'm going to show it to you. You see, we, we, don't like, we, we don't mind being called gold. We just don't like to be put through the furnace. <laughs> Ain't that right? <laughs> oh, I don't mind being, being gold in the eyes of the Lord. But friend, you don't like to be in the furnace. You see, the furnace is what makes the impurities come out of the gold. I see a lot of impurities when I look in the mirror. And when I look at my brothers and sisters, the same way as you look at me, we're not perfect. <laughs> 
So God's still doing work in our life. Satan can't have me. If he could have me, you know what? He wouldn't want me because Jesus lives in here. <laughs> you ever bite into one of them donuts that's filled with the stuff you don't like? You thought it was this and it was the other? You bite it and you go, ah. But you know what? If the devil could bite into you and me, he's going to taste some Jesus, isn't he? And he don't want any of him. He don't want any of him. All he wants to do is cause you to stumble and fall and discourage someone else from coming to Christ. Now, so what do we do when troubles come? Well, some of you have run away. Well, I'll just run away. I'll just quit church. I'll just get out of this. I won't, I won't, I'm done. <laughs> and here you are again. Praise God. Some of you will let resentment build up. You'll say, you know, I went down to that church and people told me they loved me and, and the Lord started doing a work in my life and I gave him my heart and, and I followed him in baptism and so-and-so looked at me cross-eyed one Sunday and I ain't been back. And you sit back and you whine and you pout and you whine and you pout. It doesn't do you one bit of good because you took your eyes off Jesus and you let resentment build. Some of you just quit. You run away, you resent, you quit. This is what God wants you to do. God wants you to follow him by faith. We live in very trying times. We ain't seen the end of it yet. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something. The devil would love to grab a hold of this church and turn her upside down. He'd like to shake her. He'd like for you to leave, quit, get out of here, complain, whine, resign. But I want to tell you something. God doesn't need quitters. God doesn't need quitters. God wants those who will trust him by faith even when you don't understand what's going on. There's somebody out there that's lost, maybe somebody sitting beside you that's lost, and they're hearing you talk about the Savior who died for them. They're watching your life, seeing him transform you, and they're wanting some of that. And friend, they don't need you to quit. They need you to trust the Lord. These babies growing up in here, they need mamas and daddies that are going to be faithful, not occasional. You hear me? They need moms and daddies that are going to be faithful, not occasional. What you teach them in here by your presence or absence, they will learn for the rest of their life. Your vote not to come to church is a vote to shut the doors. Well, they don't need me. I'm your pastor. I need you. If you're the only one that shows up, I need you. I'm your brother in Christ. I need you. Whether anybody else shows up or not, don't make that determine whether you'll come or not. Let's come together, brother. 
Let's worship together, brother, sister. We need him. He's told us not to forsake these things. We cannot, we must not run away and hide. He talks about this hope. Patience works experience and experience hope. What is that experience? That experience is character. God's developing the character of Christ in and throughout your life through different experiences. And that character developed reminds us of the hope that we have within us. That foundation that's not going to fade away. That hope, that eternal hope, the blessed hope. Jesus is coming again. He is at the right hand of the Father. He is alive. (laughs) He did come out of that grave 2,000 years ago. I'm telling you, friend, he did. He's, He's breathing. He's alive. He's my Savior. He walks with me and talks with me every day. He doesn't leave me. He doesn't forsake me. He's doing a work in my life. Like the gold in the fire. Hebrews 6, 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Do you have an anchor? Jesus is my anchor. He is my solid rock. What did Job say? He knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Sound like Job just left everything into God's hands. (laughs) That worked out for him, didn't it? It was good. Why can't we learn to do the same thing? Why can't we learn to do the same thing? Lord, just take over it all. Take over it all. Be my foundation in life. Paul says this hope maketh not ashamed. You know what he's telling me, Tommy? Your hope in Jesus Christ will never disappoint you. It'll never disappoint you. Your hope in Jesus Christ will never fail you. Anybody ever failed you? We've failed ourselves, haven't we? Anybody ever disappoint you? A system disappoint you? Something you thought would work forever disappoint you? Jesus won't. Jesus won't. This hope makes not ashamed. It doesn't disappoint. It cannot fail. It will not fail. This hope The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. My friend, I don't know where this message fits your life. But I know there's a lot of hurting people. I know there's a lot of scared people. I know there's Christians that are walking their lives, spending their lives walking around on eggshells. Well, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Well, I'm afraid to say this and afraid to say that. I want to tell you something, friend. You don't have to apologize for anything out of this book. You don't have to back up and run or take it back. You can stand on the solid rock of God's word as an individual, as a family in your home. Let me tell you something, Mom and Daddy. You can raise your children on this book. It won't hurt them. 
It'll help them in ways that you won't even understand. Stand on the rock. How firm is your foundation? Friend, I want to tell you something. If you don't know Jesus, today's the day of salvation. Don't turn him away. He offers himself to you freely. It is by his grace that we're saved. He's offered himself a free gift. He paid the price. He took the punishment of your sin. Won't you trust him today? Let's stand together. Let God have his way through the storms of your life. I appreciate your prayers and attention. Pray that God will seal these truths to your heart, that you do not have to let the world shake you up because you know and you can rest assured if Jesus is your Savior, that you have a firm foundation of your faith. Let God have control over all of your circumstances. The devil would like to get us to run. The easiest way to destroy a flock is run into the middle of them and scatter them. Don't you let anything scatter you. You listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. As we dismiss today, you're all invited to come downstairs and have dinner. I don't care if you brought anything or not. You can come down and fill your plate, fill your belly, and let God have the glory for it, and let's fellowship together. Visitors, we're so glad to have you. Hope that God has touched your heart in a way that is special and personal between you and him. And I pray that it is uh, something going to change your life forever. If you don't know him as Savior, please talk to us. We'd love to lead you to Christ. We'd love to let you know how that you can have a relationship with him. Be in prayer for the choir practice tonight and our cantata uh, that's going to be coming up here before long. Uh, If you haven't got involved yet and you've just been holding back, why don't you turn loose today? Uh, We're not going to mind if this is your...